Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Okay, moms, Rachel Carmen here. We're going to kick off this podcast with some foundational teaching that it can't be exhaustive, right? Because I want to start off by talking about who is God. I really want to lay the foundation for our time together on this podcast. I want to focus, I want to make sure we're focused always on glorifying God and leaning into his goodwill for us. And so I'm just going to take a few minutes today. I want to talk today specifically about what we can know about God according to Genesis 1. I've got my notes over here. I've got tons of things that I want to talk to you about. I would encourage you after you listen to this to actually take some time to read Genesis 1 and 2 yourself and make some notes and lean into the truth of this teaching. Dare to seek to know who God is more deeply than perhaps you have in the past. Maybe you've always grown up in the church. Maybe God has been someone that you've known since you were tiny. But even if that's true for you, like that's basically true for me, there are still truths and things that I can learn about God by going over and over again to his word. One of the things that I know is so powerful about getting to know God afresh and anew, he's not changing, right? But he is in the process of changing me of growing me, of transforming me. I love Jamie Smith talks about recalibrating me over and over into the image of his son. And so that's the power of reading his word over and over and over. I've got my Bible open here, right here on top of my computer as we study today. And again, we're going to be looking at Genesis 1 and 2. Who do we see God to be in this word? Now, I want to caution you. Very often, the the trend right now in progressive Christianity is to look for us in God's word. We want this word of God to be about us. But we need to remember that the central figure is God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This isn't about us unless we're talking about what it can do to change us into the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. So let's make sure When we're studying God's word, that we are seeking to know him and to apply the truth of who he is and what his truth teaches to our hearts and minds and let it do its amazing work that way. Look, as you get to know who God is, it changes everything. It changes everything. All of those things in your life that you would like answers about, all of those decisions that you're facing and you don't know what to do, even if you have scoured God's word To find the answer, let's be honest, there are questions that we have in our modern world that are not specifically addressed in Scripture, but I would suggest to you that they are all generally covered in God's Word, in the person of who God is, in the person of Jesus Christ, and by the gift of His Holy Spirit, 
we know that the answers are found in him. And so again, as we dare to lean into him and trust him and seek him, he does give us the direction we need for our lives every single day. That's why I believe it's so important that we dare to get to know who God is. So today, again, I'm starting in Genesis and I want to look at chapters one and two. And we have here these glorious words and holy writ in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Those are powerful words. And if you've been raised in God's church, maybe those are words that you read over. Maybe that's just so blah, 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 blah for you. You've heard it your whole life. But I just want to dare you just to settle in. In the beginning, God. Do you hear it? There was a beginning and God was there in the beginning. The God who exists outside of time interjected himself into time and established time and ultimately set his son in the fullness of time. This is that God who preexisted this moment was in the beginning. Look, We are not here by random chance. This isn't accidental. We are here on purpose for his glory. God, in the beginning, God created. Out of nothing, something. Only God could do that. There was nothing here. It was formless, it says in scripture. It was a void. And yet God here spoke light into existence. He interjected his power and his authority and he spoke light into existence. Mom, he's the first mover. He initiated all of creation, all of the creative beauty and glory, the intricacies of a spider's web, the incredible flight of the bumblebee or the hummingbird, all of that, the giraffe that shouldn't even be able to swallow, right? The rhino, the tiny ants that can carry things, I don't know, 15, 20 times their own weight, The seashore with its beautiful, persistent pounding of the waves, the rain showers, all of these things, the ebb and flow of the seasons. God initiated all of those things in the night sky, the moon, the sun, the stars. God put those planets into orbit. God set those stars in their places. God did those things. He is the creator. And that's glorious. There's so much peace. There's so much peace in leading in to the truth of God being the almighty creator of the universe. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's Word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. 
So first we see him as creator. Second, we, we see him as eternal. We see him as creator. We see him then having created man and woman in his image. We see then that he has authority over creation. That's pretty significant, isn't it? I recently bought a new hair dryer and on the hair dryer, there's this massive tag that said that I should not, for my own sake, try to operate my hair dryer in a bathtub filled with water. Why? Because the manufacturer knows that it would not be good for me. It would not be good for me to sit in a full bathtub of water and dry my hair. The manufacturer has the authority to put that tag on that dryer because he doesn't, they don't want what would be bad for me. They want me to be able to use the hair dryer that they manufactured within some limitations. It is the same for God. God initiated creation. He created the animals and the birds and all the plants and the starry host, right? And by being the creator, he has authority over his creation. But what we see here in Genesis 1 is he's not a, what would we say? He's not so set on doing everything himself. We see right here in the beginning of Genesis that he invites man, he invites Adam to take his role in continuing on through creation. It says that God made Adam right? And he brought all of the animals to Adam to see what he would name them. So God made the creatures and then he asked Adam to name them. It's kind of an interesting turn of events, isn't it? God made all the creatures instead of going through the lineup of all of the creatures with Adam and saying, okay, so this is this, is this and this is this and this is this. God didn't do that. He went to Adam and said, hey, I created these, but I want you to be my co-regent. I want you to name these creatures because you know what I want you to ultimately do? Ultimately, I want you to have dominion over creation. And one of the ways that you have dominion and authority over something else is by naming it. And so Adam named all of the animals as God brought them. But we learn that in so doing, there was not a suitable helper found for Adam. And it was the first time in the six days of creation that God said, this is not good. Man should not be alone. And so what do we have then? God, do you see this? God recognizes a need that Adam has. Make sure that Adam realizes he has that same need. And then God provides for Adam's need. Isn't that beautiful? He's eternal. He's creator. He's authority. He's provider. Here, Adam has a need. God recognizes the need and provides Adam's need. Then we see that God gives Adam a rule. They cannot eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't do that. Don't eat from that tree. For in the day that you eat of it, surely you will die. And so God has Adam and Eve in the garden. And you know the story. They were given the choice. Trust and obey God or trust and obey self, life or death, the knowledge and trust of God or the knowledge and trust of self. Those are the choices they were given, obey or disobey, submit or rebel. And I would suggest to you, those are the same choices you and I have today. 
we want to nuance it. We want there to be gray area. And there's really a lot less gray area than we want to believe there is. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. And they disobeyed. But even in their disobedience, don't miss this. Even in their disobedience, when they chose themselves, having listened to the whispers of the snake, when they chose themselves, when they took and ate, they did not immediately die, but it initiated death. And it broke their relationship with God. But don't miss what he did. Don't miss what he did. They immediately were filled with shame. They immediately were conscious of the sin that they had done and the barrier that was now between them and God. They hid themselves, having not hid themselves before. They now hid themselves. But who moved again? Who moved again? God did. God shed blood. God covered shame. And God served judgment. So he didn't strike them dead. But the process of death was initiated because sin had entered creation. And yet God made a way. He showed himself to be merciful. He showed himself to show the kind of kindness that would lead to repentance. Look, once again, we're not going to be able to completely cover all of the things of who God is in this first podcast together. But we learn a lot about who God here is at the very beginning of the biblical narrative. God, God initiated a relationship with mankind by creating mankind, setting him in a beautiful creation filled with evidence of his creative power and majesty. He invited man to be part of what he was going to do. He gave the mandate to multiply and fill the earth and rule and subdue the earth. Man was given dominion. He was given rule, right? God was over all, but he gave man the opportunity to co-rule with him on the planet. And God gave him a clear choice, me or yourself. And that same choice is between you and I every day. We inherited Adam's sin nature. In Romans 7, Paul talks about this war that rages within us between doing what we know we ought to do and doing what we don't want to do. And this battle within us that we can only overcome with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, even overcome the temptations to sin. But we're going to talk next time about some other aspects of who God is in our next time together. But take some time between now and then to read over Genesis 1 and 2. Write out what you see, what you learn about God, and see what he might show you about your own heart. It's really easy to be critical about Adam and Eve in this first two chapters of the book, wondering how and why they gave into temptation so easily. But I would suggest you and I do the same thing. Next time, we will look at one of the Psalms and see what more we can learn about who this God is so that we can learn more about him so that we can honor him in word and deed. I'll see you next time. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. 
If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and real refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.